0: You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, welcome to episode 642 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, and uh, if you're listening to this, I hope you already listened to part one of my conversation with Robbie Calland. I'm dropping a two-part episode basically at the same time um, in an effort to try something new and also split it up a little bit. If you missed part one, uh, go back and listen to that. It has some news at the top of it, as well as some uh, power-ranking stuff and some thoughts from me, and then, of course, Robbie and I chopping it up for a little bit. This part, um, part two, is going to be a little bit longer with Robbie on the Hawks in the upcoming season, so uh, stay tuned for that, of course, but last but not least here, um, I have have, um, at least in terms of the plan for now, unless there's some crazy breaking news, it's going to be the last podcast before the Hawks tip off on Thursday in Detroit. So I want to at least say one more thing about the upcoming season before that actually happens. And that is the fact that this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, I am sometimes guilty of, of getting into the weeds quite a bit. And uh, that's definitely my brand and that's what you probably expect from this podcast. It's probably not gonna change all that much in the future, but it's worth taking a step back for a second and just kind of acknowledging the fact that this is gonna be a very, very fun basketball team. Um, the NBA is kind of a grind. 82 games is a very, very long time. It covers, it covers a long period of time. Um, I'll be tired during the season. I'm sure um, some fans will be as well. Um, but with that said, this is going to be an, enter- an entertaining product. This team plays fast. They play a fun offensive style. Troy Young is a lot of fun to watch. John Collins is a lot of fun to watch. Their supporting piece's uh, profile is, is a lot of fun to watch. There will be times when the defense drives me crazy, I'm sure, and I'll share that, uh, that sentiment on the podcast. But in a big-picture sense, I tweeted this earlier today as I'm recording this on Tuesday – um, this is the most buzz this team has had since 2015, in my opinion. I- I've been around for a long while. I was a Hawks fan before I started covering the team, I and mean, I've been covering the team for you know almost a decade at this point, point. and um, you know there was obviously a big-time buzz for that 2015 team, particularly in January when they went undefeated and they were the number one seed and all that stuff. By the end, it kind of tempered off a little bit, of course, with the way that, el- that everything ended in the playoffs that season, but uh, despite the fact that they basically ran it back the following season and were still a very, very good basketball team, they weren't quite as good, and the buzz was not really there for the Al Horford, Paul Millsap teams. Uh, and of course, after that, they had one more playoff season and then it got ugly in a hurry um, during during the post, uh, sort of the end of the Budenholzer area and all, and all that stuff. So the lack of buzz that there was during that era, you know, started to peak last year a little bit. There was clearly a lot more of an embrace in last year's team. I was oh, I was definitely a and saying that last year's team was a lot more fun to watch than the previous two seasons were, despite the lack of team success last season. And I expect this team to be even more fun, honestly, because you, you sort of see the fruits of the labor that uh, Travis Schlenk and his staff have done. Um, Put together in the last you know couple of years, putting this team together last year in the second half, they were legitimately fun and pretty effective at times. This year, I think they're it's, it's still going to have uh, a problem at some at some stages winning games. Um, and clumping wins together and potentially challenging for the playoffs and all that stuff. But um, there there should be plenty of high highs. I think there is probably a likelihood, in my opinion, that things go in a similar fashion to last year, where they struggle a little bit early on and then peak later. Um, but I do I do think that just in, in a big picture sense, it's going to be a lot of fun to cover this team this year and the buzz nationally the buzz locally particularly I think even even when they were good for so long they made the playoff for, for 10 straight years there's in some respect a lot more buzz now than there was for a playoff caliber team that was coming back over and over again because of the uh, the figures involved Trey Young is very exciting of course John Collins is just that that hope for the future as well so I'm not always um, I guess I'm, I guess I'm guilty of not always Looking at the positive in some ways, that's kind of my, my my personality. But I wanted to share that sort of at the top here to talk about how much fun and how much looking forward I am to this team. It's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of intrigue, and I hope you will join us on the podcast as well as with my writing at pieceforgoods.com and on Twitter or whatever else throughout the process. So please uh, take hold, tell a friend about the show, and I really really appreciate that. But let's have let's have some fun together this season, and I'm really looking forward to it. So that will end my preamble today. Again, if there's an, if there's an emergency or something a massive update, I will come back, but I sort of previewed, at least in a little bit of a sense, the uh, Detroit game a couple different times here, and I do think the Hawks will be competitive in that spot with Blake Griffin out particularly, so uh, stay tuned for all that, and the next po- the, ne- the next podcast you hear from me will be after the game on Thursday, so please stay tuned for that, and uh, after a quick break, we will come back with Robbie Callen and uh, a lot of Hawks talk, so stay tuned. Transitioning a little bit, you... But- you were up – actually, you've been around the team more recently than I have, which is kind of hilarious. Um, you were <laughs> – because the Hawks didn't have a home preseason game after their first two, yeah. um, there was one practice that I was uh, able to sneak over there for. But for big-picture purposes, you were in New York for just a lucky reason. You were just there, and the Hawks were there, and that was sure nice. Was. Um, and you talked to some guys. Uh, you did some work to help me get a Kevin Herter update, which I appreciate. I did. you were uh, But other than that um, – I guess I'll just open up to you. What did you take from that? Cause I know you talked to Lloyd, you talked to DeAndre Hunter, mm-hmm. I think uh, he talks to some guys. So what did you uh, learn from, I guess, and how does that instruct you looking ahead to the season? Because, you know, it's always so much you can get out of some conversations that you're having, but it's still always yeah. useful to talk to guys.
1: No, I mean, I think it's kind of what, what we talked about as far as like, they are still looking at this season as evaluation. Uh, and, really building kind of from scratch. I mean, talking to Lloyd, you know, I mean, he, he said pretty much every year you have to restart from scratch defensively because anytime you add any major piece um, to your roster and it's going to change up your rotation, it's going to change up chemistry, all that. So you have to do that, but they have so much turnover. And he, he uses the, uh, a phrase from, from that, to what felt like a blast from the past for me. Cause it was, it was a, it was a fairy and bud staple. Uh, but he, he hit me with a corporate knowledge, uh, um, oh yes corporate knowledge drop. And I was, I was like, Oh my God, it's like 2014 again for me. Um, but so he, he hit me with, you know, you, you rely on the guys that have corporate knowledge, but the, but the thing is, it's like, they don't have guys, they, you know, it's, it's year two first off. So there's not, you know, they know, Trey and John and Kevin and Bembry, like Alex Len, like they've got an idea of, of what they're trying to do, but it's not like they've carved out a strong defensive identity in the first place. So I think they're still, you know, trying to figure out what they are, what they can do, what they're, what they're going to do. And, and, and that's, that's the thing. I mean, we know this team has offensive players. The question on the offensive end is has, we learned in the preseason turnovers number one. Yep. Uh, and number two is efficiency is, is how, how good can they be? And that goes along with turnovers because it's, it's, it's about efficiency over the course of your possession. So it's not just missing shots. When you talk about, uh, efficiency on offense, it's, you know, every possession taking care of the ball, trying to get a good look, trying to get a good opportunity. and, And turnovers take away from that. If you have 25 turnovers, 25 possessions you didn't have a chance to score the basketball doesn't matter if you shoot really well from the field but if you have turnover issues and you have some efficiency issues then you start running into real problems especially when defensively you're not great and make and being better offensively being more efficient offensively helps you defensively because you're in fewer transition semi-transition uh, opportunities which makes it always harder to defend, especially when you have a team that, that is still learning to communicate with each other. Um, and, and I think that's a big thing with, with this Hawks group is they've got to learn how to talk. They've got to learn uh, how to work together. Cause there are a lot of times, I mean like against a Knicks team, that's not especially good. There were, there were times where you just two guys didn't talk on, on pick and roll coverage and somebody's cutting wide open or, you know there there's just it it's clear that not everybody's on the same page yet and that's to be expected uh but as you've noted the the open to the season's not going to be forgiving in terms of a team learning who it is and learning how to play together um and so it it can it could get kind of ugly kind of quick uh as far as record and and I think there's going to need to be some patience there's going to have to be some some seeking out Bright spots within maybe a record that's not good early in the year, um, but defensively, that's the the biggest question: is can they get on the same page? What do they have? You know, what's their ceiling defensively? If everybody, you know, Trey looks like he's putting in more effort, that's great. There's still a ceiling there, even if he's putting in the effort um, with what he can do. And and again, like guard defenses the least important of them, which is nice when you talk about Trey having a ceiling defensively, because it really doesn't matter a ton. Like you need a guy who can put in the effort to get around screens, get through screens. You have to have a guy who, you know, he had to be better than last year on that end. Uh, but at the same time, it, it comes down to what they can do at the back at the rim, because if they can't protect the rim, like they, it's just going to be trouble. Like it, it, it's, it's, it has to be better than last year. And and so far it's not been a great start for that. Um, so that seems to be the concern internally from what Lloyd talks about is like, what, what, what are we defensively? You know, like they're trying to figure it out. It seems that he kind of understands that, but he also understands that's, that's where it's going to get, get kind of rough. Um, but DeAndre Hunter helps, but it's it's, it's not real fun when your your defensive leader is a rookie. And that's where they're <laughs> yeah, at. I you mean, know, I mean, like, and that's where they're at. And, and, and talking with Hunter, I mean, he's... The first thing he said was, like, you've got to want to play defense. So, like, he's like, these guys around me have to want to play defense. And that's... One, I mean, it's a hell of a quote from a rookie. Yeah. Uh, and I think he's accepting his role as he's kind of got to be a defensive leader. And part of being a defensive leader is kind of kicking guys in the ass when they need it. And, uh, so he wasn't afraid. I mean, we're in the, we were just in the locker room. He's not afraid to be like, you gotta want to play defense. Guys have to, guys have to put in the effort. You have to try because defense is thing. You just have to work on. Um, it doesn't come. He's, you know, he says like, it doesn't come naturally to guys, uh, so it's going to be interesting to see if they can kind of keep everybody accountable and, and, and put in the effort. But even then, I mean, they just – X's and O's and effort are, are all great. But, man, you look at the you – know, you know me, Jimmy's and Joe's over X's and O's. The, the Jimmy's and
0: Joe's is man, important Man, the, Jimmy,
1: the Jimmy's and Joe's not really there.
0: No, I actually think as an overall takeaway in the NBA, I, I think people underrate defensive talent. Yeah like uh, I think there's the notion and it's not all this is not all false, but there's the notion that defense is all effort. Sure. Um, effort matters quite a bit, but it is not all effort. Well, uh, the you thing have is, to have effort defensive is, talent.
1: Yeah, and effort's the difference between like a guy like for a guy like Trey, effort's everything. I, I agree with you on that. But, you know? but and so like but no, no, I'm with you. But but also when we when we talk about that, we we accept that like peak effort Trey is probably peaking out at like mediocre passable defense
0: exactly. because of the physical so, limitations i mean look, look at what happened last year in the, in the final in the finals mm-hmm. the raptors won the championship on their defense i know yeah. i know Kawhi was incredible but they won their they won the title because they did not have a single weak point on their defense and they put out no. incredible defense for three straight rounds or four straight rounds yeah. like they were and i mean
1: and and they have and, and it was and talent a, and yeah and it's talent and, and that's the thing and so like that was the other thing hunter said it was like my job is to bring my defensive ability and also try to keep these guys putting in the effort. So like he, I think he sees a bit of the uphill battle that we do. And like his they, job is they basically, all know, they all know, they, man. I mean, all
0: there's no mystery here. I mean, right. guys are not always willing to tell you on the record, but oh, no. the coaches know the team knows mm-hmm. they know that the defense is not going to be great, but it's kinda, yeah, It's just not being terrible. Like, <laughs> you know, right? Seems, I mean, that's, it seems that's, simple, that's, but it's it's not that easy. No, and, just... and
1: again, and that comes down to the little things like communication and fighting through the screens and doing those things, so that you're at least in position. You might not, you know, like for a guy, for guys like Trey and John, like they just have to be in position and make it a semi contest. They might not have the size or the length to really bother guys when they are in position a ton but that's still better than if they're not there at all you know like john collins might be six eight with a six ten and a half wingspan or whatever which is not ideal for rim protection but at least if he's there it's making the guy shoot over that and it's not just uncontested stuff at, at the rim so uh I, i'm i'm interested to see that and and again this goes back to you, you have a new pairing with john collins and alex len in the front court and they've got to learn how to work together um you know, Deadman was a nice safety blanket. Len has the length that you talked about, but we've got to see if he has the quickness to move across the lane and, and if he's able to do some of those same things. And um, so that'll be interesting. But yeah, I mean, I, the, there are there's reason to be excited. There's reason to want to, I mean, what Zach Lowe said, like they're going to be the most fun bad team to watch. And like, I think that's fair. Like they've got super fun guys and the hope is that kind of the go kind of be like what it was last year where like they get to all-star break time and things start kind of firing and, and they can rip off a run late in the season and and and, and try to build on that but you, you had enough roster turnover that you're gonna have another couple months where guys are learning everybody and you got rookies playing big roles I mean uh until Herder comes back you, you've got two rookies starting
0: like I mean they, yeah they, they might start Bembry but the fact that they even did that. And yeah, they're, they're just kind of shorthanded in some ways right now. And I mean, it's been a talking point in some Hawk circles, but the center spot we've alluded to a few different times, you know, it's just a big loss. It's a big downgrade. Like Alex Lynn, I thought was actually quite solid as a backup center last year. But if Alex Lynn is by far your best center and he is, that's not a great spot for you to be in and your backups you know, Bruno Fernando is intriguing, I know the Hawks like him a lot, but he's going to be a rookie this year. And Damian Jones was a throw-in, essentially. So yep. they just have some roster stuff to work out, and that's it's fine. I mean, big picture, sure. it doesn't matter all that much. But sure. I think people are people are going to miss Dwayne Debman. I, I think people got tired of me talking about how good Dwayne Dedman <laughs> was last year. I think they're going to miss him this year, uh, is all yeah. I'll say about that. Uh, would have been nice to have Dwayne Dedman back. But yes. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to hear that stuff from Hunter. I, I read your, your piece that you wrote about it, too, over at uh, Dime, so check that out. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting because Hunter is a swing guy, obviously, on this yeah. team, both short-term and long-term. I do think that he's going to be uh, much better than the average rookie in terms of contributing to winning as a rookie. Yeah. Uh, he okay. is older. He is someone who can defend. He's someone that does not have a, a glaring weakness. So hmm. all those things usually help guys to be pretty solid as rookies more so than most, but yeah. he's still a rookie. And, uh, yeah, he's carrying a big workload. The, the, uh, the other
1: thing that was funny is, you know, a bunch of people have been like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't know. Didn't know DeAndre Hunter could, could do all this offensively. Like I, I asked him about that. I was like, he's like, he's like, I've seen people saying like, they didn't know I could dribble. I was like, of course I can dribble.
0: He was like, <laughs> it's like, it was just, it just wasn't like on tape. He, I mean, it's just funny. Like it's, it's I, I, fun, it's funny I was higher on like, him than some people were on, on offense for sure. But yeah. if you just if you if you saw the wrong game at Virginia, if you're not a draft like deep dive person, didn't yeah. watch all of his tape. If you saw him for one or two games at Virginia, he might have taken ten dribbles in, in full game. No, so.
1: and so that, it was it was why. And so it, he's he's excited to be in a spot where he has more freedom, and uh, it's it's kind of interesting. He, he's getting the the opposite experience in the nba from what he had at virginia where offensively it's going to be great with the hawks and it's going to be a lot of fun to play with a guy you know he's excited about playing with somebody like trey where he's basically like he's always going to find you and so like you you have to stay way more ready like he's he that's seems to be his biggest adjustment is like virginia was was paint by numbers well
0: oh, uh, i mean their offense is excruciating to watch it just,
1: right right, right. Their, their offense is paint by numbers and you're you're you know you kind of know when you're getting the ball and you know what's going to happen. And, you know, Trey is, Trey is an artiste, you know, he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna make his, paint his own masterpiece to continue this God awful metaphor I'm rolling with. Uh, and he's going to find guys and he's going to create, create looks that that may not have been there uh, in the initial play. And, and there's going to be opportunities for catch and shoots. There's going to be opportunities for him to, to catch and put the ball in the deck and, and drive and make plays himself. And, he seems to be embracing that opportunity. And um, look, I I, I mean, I I think anybody that's watched this preseason Hunter has been the guy that's popped for the Hawks, right? Like, I mean, he's the guy that you go, okay, like this is, this is legit. Like he, he's been impressive. He's showing things offensively. A lot of folks didn't know he could do defensively. He's doing what, what, you know, Lloyd wants him to do, which is switch and basically guard whoever the hell is the best player. You know, <laughs> yeah. he's gonna. I mean, that's gonna be it. You know, he's he's gonna be tasked with the best wings in the NBA, and so I think the other thing for for fans to to remember is he's a rookie and he's gonna be tasked with defending the best wings in the NBA. And even really good defensive rookies are gonna have nights where they get victimized uh, by the Kawais, the Paul Georges, the LeBron. I mean, there's gonna be nights where he's gonna get lit up, but on the whole um you know it's it, it'll it'll certainly be a learning experience um and there are going to be nice where he looks great and you're going to see the the potential on that end for what he can do in bothering people cuz it's it's one of those things where when you when you talk to guys that are that have that kind of like freaky length to their arms you don't notice it as much on TV but like when you stand there right next to him you're like his arms are longer than they should be like he, nobody should have Nobody should have this proportion. <laughs> that is like, not
0: a normal shape of a human. Being.
1: Al Horford was the same way. Like you didn't realize until you like were next to Al and you're like, "Wait a second, your arms are too long
0: for your body," which but, is great for but your Al's profession. Point, Al's back to his natural position this year, Robbie.
1: Finally playing the four. Finally able to do it. And it only took him. I had to. A dozen years in the league, multiple All Star appearances. Just think about how good he's gonna be. He's think gonna, be think about he's how, how think bad. about how
0: great he would have been if he played in that position the whole time. Just I mean, he great. would
1: he he he'd be chasing Wilt right now,
0: and <laughs> all the and all the stats. Oh, but uh, yeah, no, <laughs> back, back, back on the rails. Uh, I I agree. It's I don't know. Hunter is gonna be super interesting in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. The trade was the talking point, obviously, that everyone sure. had, including including this podcast. We talked about oh, it a lot. My- but oh uh, now, that, now, now that now that's all over, the player is quite good, and I, ah. I like him quite I like him quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Reddish is going to be good too. I, I like Reddish. I've always liked Reddish. I think mm-hmm. his defense has actually been pretty no. Impressive. He's got
1: he's got good size. Um, he just
0: has a long way to go. But he's he's a more sure. traditional rookie. Like Reddish yes. is the guy who will just be like, all right, everybody, hold on. It's like. It's not a perfect comparison, but him, him and Kevin Herter from last year is a pretty good comp. Kevin Herter mm-hmm. was bad. Like Lloyd has talked about this multiple times about yeah. kind of how bad Kevin Herter was in October because he yeah. wasn't ready to play, and we all knew no. that. Um, and
1: you're going to have that with 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 Reddish. Uh, I'm interested to see how he develops as an offensive player because like you said, I think defensively his he's got some abilities there, his length and his size, and... Lloyd said, like, they're going to they're gonna have to lean on those two guys to help him out on that end, and Cam will play some four and do some stuff there. And uh, But offensively, like, you talk about DeAndre Hunter being a swing guy, like, like Cam's, Cam's going to kind of be the swing guy offensively. Like, I think, I think you can kind of set reasonable expectations for, for Hunter. I think expectations for what Cam can do on that end are all over the place. Oh yeah, I mean it, it uh, could and... not it could
0: not be further away from people that are relying on his college tape are very very low. Yes. People that are relying on what he was able to do in high school which just kind of the raw skill set are higher, mm-hmm. of course. But yeah. especially for his rookie season, it's really all over the place. Like I, I, I mean
1: it's 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 incredible. I mean you 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 see the things, folks. Like it, it really is fascinating. to See like guys who are like, he, he's not going to be good. Like out, there's outright going to be really bad and, and kind of hurt everything. And then there's people who think he's going to come in and shoot the lights out and be this dynamic player. And like, it's probably as always going to be somewhere in the middle. Um, I think he's going to have, he'll have nights where he shoots the ball well. And you couldn't draw up a better point guard from the play with than Trey. Cause he's going to put him in good spots. I mean, same thing we talk about with, with Hunter, but if he he's got to consistently knock down shots, which he didn't do at Duke. And I know there are spacing issues, but he contributed to the spacing issues. Um, and there were ball flow issues as far as touches and giving in rhythm and not being in rhythm because RJ and Zion are on the ball and they're all the caveats you want. He just wasn't, he just wasn't good and he's got to be better. And it's hard to be better at the NBA level in your rookie year, especially early, uh, And this keeps taking me back to this this twenty-two game stretch to open the season that's just miserable. Perilous, perhaps. It's gross. Uh, yeah. I I don't want to. So again, I I think it'll be kind I I wouldn't be surprised if this season looks an awful lot like last season, I guess, is 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 my overarching thought on this, where early on the sky is falling because they're not winning games. Uh the young guys, particularly Reddish, are are struggling mightily. Bust talk is out there. You
0: know? <laughs> that would be silly. Uh as it was last year, by the way. I mean, as it was last, but I mean, I'm
1: just saying, like, it's you know, I mean, you know how it goes. Like, nothing, it's was, be... nothing
0: was more silly um in the history of takes <laughs> than the Trey Young Salt Lake City uh, Summer League takes. Bust. But strong yeah, bust. It was just wild. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I do think that you're right. I mean, the shape of the season I think will be fairly similar. Uh, it mm-hmm. won't. It won't be. I don't think the Trey's going to have a month like he did last year in November. Like I, don't, I think that's kind of just gone now. Like sure, he'll be he'll still have some moments that are better than others, but, he'll have but and,
1: I mean he's 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 still got streakiness in him, but I but not I agree. that much. Like, it's, like, not, the, 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 it's not not cratering right. and and not
0: crazy. Yeah, that'll be the worst month of his career, I'm pretty sure. Um, Hopefully, but. uh yeah, I'm with you. The, the way the schedule breaks kind of almost ensures that's going to happen yeah. again. Um, yeah. So, and especially with the young team, I and mean, we talked about this a lot, but th- there's this assumption in some corners. I think if you take a deeper look, people kind of come to a closer consensus. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of this, well, the Hawks are the same team as last year, but they're a year older and they improved the supporting cast. And it's like, well, well, the supporting you... cast improvement is not is not at all assured. False. Um, I mean, you, <laughs> you, you could certainly sell – I mean, listen, I, I've you made this point a few that. times. I, you could sell me that the supporting cast could be better, but you can't assume it. That, that's where I will draw the line. Like, you cannot assume the supporting cast is upgraded from last year to this year. I, I think it's probably safe to assume that the young guys will be better than they were a year ago on the whole between Young and Herter. And, you know, Collins made me a little bit less so of an assumption because he was so good last yeah, year. I,
1: I, yeah, I have – I have my concerns about just like, and again, I think I said this last time I was on here. John Collins plateauing would be spectacular.
0: I mean, he was really good. There's no, there's no. Really I mean, th- defensively that's, is what he has what to he make is, the steps. But yeah, the offense. If he's exactly the same player on offense, 2010, you will be amazing. Gladly can, accept that. You love to see it. The defense is another issue, but um, yeah. But so, sure. Long long story short, they still have some weaknesses on this team. The defense is going to be what it is. I mean. Practically, if you assume this is a bottom five defense, which uh-huh. I have not found a person in the industry that does not assume that, uh-huh. um, you, you might quibble with where they actually land. I think Cleveland sure. is worse for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Cleveland There's was zero, a, zero was down in my mind. Cleveland's worse. Cleveland was the worst defense in NBA history last it's
1: year. Historically um, bad
0: defense. So that's at least one you can kind of written write in pen below the mm-hmm. Hawks. But even the people that are a little bit more optimistic still have them in that bottom five, six range defensively. Right. If we assume that it's just really hard to win a lot of games. If you're that bad defensively, it just is.
1: Yeah. And again, it comes down and it's going to come down to that uh, execution and efficiency offensively. And, and it starts with coming down on turnovers, but young teams turn the ball over because they, again, they're learning where each other is going to be. They're learning each other's game. Trey is going to be learning where these guys want to be. I mean, That was part I mean, I think that that helped contribute to last year's slow start is like it's hard for a point guard to learn a bunch of new faces and, you know, do it while also learning how to play the NBA game. He has the latter part down a little more this year, but he's still he's still gonna have to learn when when DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish and these guys are gonna move off the ball and they're gonna, you know, there's there's gonna be hiccups. Um, and, and it's not forgiving early schedule wise for those hiccups against a bunch of playoff teams. Um, so all that to say, like, hold on, like, don't just bail when, if they're, I mean, they could be four and 16, five and 15, like it's not, wouldn't be surprising. Um. I think you know that they probably favored two or three times in the first 2022 games. Um, and usually you pick up a couple extra wins in there, but yeah, man, it's, but at the same time, the hope is they just kind of like get it together and turn around. But this is why, this is why the, the talk of like them being the sleeper playoff team in the East has, has eluded me to this point. I don't get it. I don't see it. You have to have, just a tremendous amount of faith and an awful lot of things happening, uh, to, to buy that.
0: Yeah. I think it's not impossible, but I'm, I'm with you. It's not something you can project. And I, you know, one of the things that taking this full circle to where we earlier, yep. it would be a lot easier to sell me on that. If you assumed a mid season upgrade, like if they traded for uh-huh. Steven Adams in January, like, okay, that gets more interesting. Um, but as curly constructed it's harder for me to see the playoff run but you know there's some value. i mean the good thing about a young team if you're trying to find that is that mm-hmm. they have a little bit more wiggle room and some of that's upside too i mean you can oh, you no, can no be, you can have upside even within the season if things go well if Trey makes an, another another leap and is suddenly a you know an all and a, a no doubt all-star averaging 25 points a game efficiently like that is not inconceivable and if that happens that takes you to their level um same thing with some of the other supporting cast guys so yeah it's there's you're flexibility just to, you're just trying to bait me into the lineal the linear regression the, the this, this, this development rant like this, you're this just is your trying take. to. no just... I, i've done i've done it a million times in your in, in your honor <laughs> so you you, you you don't have to you don't have yeah, to deliver good. it i promise um good. but yeah it's growth is not linear it's just it's, it's just it not doesn't happen
1: that way so uh ups and downs but I think I think again like last year by the end of the year they will uh look like a much better team and 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 have promise going to next year but again if the if the end result is a similar record the expectations and the excitement will uh be much less next summer it's my main my main concern
0: yeah that's that's definitely possible i can see that outcome taking shape if they were to win 30 games and even if, even if it's slow at the, at the beginning and, and hot at the end, people,
1: at that point people were like, okay, well this happened last year. Like
0: there will, there, there will be a little bit of that. almost, almost assuredly. I, I so I'm, I'm on board with that. I hypothesis. just, uh, I yeah, mean, is, is but, that, so you, that's kind of where you see the, them and wrapping this thing up. You see them yeah, somewhere in the low thirties. Uh, I
1: think, I think low thirties. I think we, we, nothing has changed from when we did win totals. I, I think 30, 31 to 34 wins. Is where I think they end up, I, and it's going to be like you said. Like, you know, will they make a move at the deadline to to add somebody? Possibly, but like at the same time, the the schedule shapes up for them to be better at the end. So I don't know if they'll go chasing anything if they're pretty clearly out of the
0: playoff race. You know, um, no, they they absolutely should. I mean, any move this year. Even if it is to, even if they are hanging around five hundred and they're trying to be in the playoffs, any move they do should still be future focused.
1: Oh, and, I, and like, like I don't, and it, it can't improve this well. year.
0: Even if it was Steven Adams, that's the one that we've mm-hmm. talked about. That move is as much about next year as it is yeah. about this year. Yeah. Um. Because it, and, it, and it needs to be because even if you assume the absolute highest heights of this season, stuff that we would not that you and I are not going to assume, um. You're still going to probably lose in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. So, what does that actually get you? I mean, there, there's some experience to be had there. I, I get all that, but there's a, there's an argument that it'd be fun to have this argument in March um, about whether you want to be in the lottery or whether you want the eight seed. That's almost that's almost a separate argument. Um yep. But that's another thing to keep in mind too. Like if they if they if they actually did an all in move, it would be. Uh,
1: No, 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 I'm not even. It's not going to happen,
0: by the way. But uh, I just the the guys, the guys, the guys who say that they don't want to skip steps repeatedly. That's by the way, that's that's the new line this time around.
1: Oh no, I mean they've said it for like a a year now. They're not. They just. Yeah, it's just going to be. uh,
0: It's basically like Larry Drew and Energy is uh, the skip is the skip steps references now on from from Schlink and Pierce. They're just everywhere, which I love. love It's uh, it's good to be on brand and honestly, the one good thing about the. This is more of a schlank thing, but they've earned my respect on being consistent because a lot Mm -hmm. of these franchises do the rebuild and then they get sick of it too early and they start pressing and doing these short-term moves. The Hawks have not not done done that, that. which I appreciate. They're doing doing the rebuild the way that it should have been done.
1: Which is, again, why I think this year is not going to be great. I think a lot of folks are, and I, I, I think Pelton said this. Like, I think a lot of folks are a year ahead with where the Hawks. That are is what because, Pelton said. Yeah. Uh, last year to me was was year one. It wasn't two years ago. Um, like this is that was year zero. They gutted everything.
0: Yeah, two years ago, the entire purpose of that season was to get a draft pick. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, because uh, if you look at the team now, I mean, the the they don't really have a single guy from that roster that is contribute. I mean, memory is the only guy that's still here and he is as, even as someone I like is still like a seventh, eighth man on this team. So that, that you the only guy that they even had sort of a thought to be a member of their like core going forward was Torian Prince and that didn't happen. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was yeah. definitely year zero. I think we can. Yeah. That.
1: So that was a year zero. So we're in year two and I mean, they are methodical, uh, but it also makes for really really interesting upcoming season and summer. Uh and again, like I know this was was not the not the world's most optimistic podcast uh as Is it tends to happen when I join you. Um but I do really li- I I really like where they're going. They're going to have some very difficult decisions to make in a couple of years. Um but they are in just add a bunch of young guys, see who's going to work, see who can play together. I think they've done a good job identifying talent. Um, I mean, the fact that you've got Collins, Young, Herder, and Hunter, who, you know, I mean, Hunter's a rookie, but you, you feel pretty confident about him being a really solid at minimum rotation dude. Uh, but you got yeah. Four, yeah, four of those guys out of three drafts. You have a guy in Reddish who has the talent, has the ability to get into that that conversation, has a really strong rotation guy for you. I don't know whether he's you know a future starter in the league. I don't know if he's just a guy you can bring in and, and, and give you some production off the bench, which again, there would be nothing wrong with that even from the 10th pick. Nope. Uh, but I think they've done a really good job of that, but it still takes a long time to piece those things together when you don't have transcendent talents that you get with very top picks. So you look at Philly and like how quickly it went from process, process, process acquire guys to once they got those guys on the floor, it just happened. But like Simmons and Embiid, if Embiid had been healthy, would have been the top pick that year. Um, You have like two, like, kind of generational talents at their respective positions that you were able to get. And like the Hawks haven't gotten that, but for where they've been picking, they've done a really good job. And so like, I think the future is bright. I think people are a year plus ahead on where they think the Hawks can be. And I think the only concerning thing about that going forward is this summer has not set up for them to take the step forward that it would have been nice to be able to take this year. Uh, it would have been nice if they didn't have to do a complete teardown in year zero. And this really could have been year three where you're trying to take a step forward, but they had to get the draft picks. Uh, They, they had to, they had to do things the way they did them, but they had had to find some talent basically they had to find some talent. They had to, they had to find the talent and now they've just, it, it, it kind of sucks that you get stuck with the year you can make moves being the worst free agency year since at least um, twenty seventeen, probably worse
0: though, than that. Even, honestly, yeah. So I mean, like, unless unless Davis actually hits the market, which he's just which not he's, not, he's um, not. Yeah, there's not even. And also, if a, he
1: does, he's not going to the Hawks.
0: Yeah, I mean, okay. I don't want to say that out loud, but <laughs> listen, the insane. the, the only know. way that he considers anyone he on, on that level to the Hawks is if yeah, Trey pops you, in a way that you, you have would to hope he just. Would pop love
1: Trey but well, like and
0: if the Hawks somehow win if the Hawks somehow won 40 games and and you see the Trey all-star breakout then that becomes more interesting but there's a lot, there's a lot of ifs in that
1: there's obviously. a there, boy
0: and, and AD I mean AD's not has been pretty
1: been pretty forward about
0: like yeah he's gonna be he'd like
1: good. to win some championships he's now gonna, he's
0: gonna be in, in a place
1: good. that he wants to be
0: and uh, I think we're getting everybody's getting way ahead of themselves, but sure, I, sure. I do agree that the 2021 free agency is the one where they could actually get that guy potentially, right? Like, which is the which obvious is... one, but that's, not, that's not likely not. to happen. That's not it's not It's not impossible, but it's not likely either. But 2021, right. there's just a lot more options.
1: Yeah, there's going to be a lot of guys, and that's why I think you'll see like 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 I said, like Jeff apparently said, uh, a Knicks type approach where you go kick the can down the road, sign. Don't be surprised if there is some gross sticker shock that happens this summer from one guy, the Hawks sign. And it's going to be a JJ Redick type one for 23 thing where go people go, they gave, you know, who uh, Derek favors $25 million. And it's like, hell yeah. Cause that comes off the books.
0: Yeah. Uh, I would be all in favor of one of those short term mm-hmm. deals on, on a good player. I mean, you don't want yes. to just do it to do it like some of the Knicks stuff was dumb. But oh, like oh, the and Julius Randle situation. There, one also, makes should sense. Be, there like, also
1: should be like a plan in place and not just like, hey, what if we sign come on five now. power forwards
0: and I call I call that the Orlando Magic They um, oh that just God. want to acquire bigs for days and days and days, but that that's another podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, so moral of the story <laughs> Yep. I think we're in the same general range here. And But uh-huh. the good thing is, and it's worth saying again, I've said it before, you've said it before, but mm-hmm. uh, the fact that this team is going to be fun cannot be yeah. overstated. No, 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 uh, no. I, <laughs> I, I really want to, like... Okay, so, real quick. As a Cleveland Browns fan... Oh, God. There that, is, that, that, uncle, that got dark in a hurry. I'm a Falcons fan, so... It,
1: we're taking it here. As a Falcons fan, you can appreciate this. Many of you probably can after this season. There is value in being enjoyable to watch and having excitement for that now hopefully it goes better than the browns have this year for for hawks fans but there is value when you have not felt like you've been fun since 2015 16 is that fair three years
0: Um, years, years, three
1: years four years what was the dwight year
0: the Dwight year was not 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 an enjoyable experience. No,
1: no, no. That's what I'm saying. What was the Dwight? Was that 1617? Uh,
0: that is correct. The okay. 1415 so was was the year of all years. The that next was the great they, year. The next year they were still good. They're still um, good, and so then yeah, the next Dwight year they 15, let then they Dwight let
1: Al stuff. walk and they signed Dwight, and it was bad. Um, so there's value in like having that. Um, and the other thing is people are going to pay attention to the Hawks for better or worse, and I think that's. That's something to, to remember. Like,
0: There's more buzz now than there has been at any point gonna, other than maybe January 2015.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like... Even when they were gonna, good, they were not
0: getting the buzz they're getting now. No, and so, like,
1: I think what I will say is my concern with that is a slow start's not going to be real kind
0: Yeah, it, with, it can turn with a when... national
1: spotlight. So, like, Hawks fans have complained that there's not a lot of national coverage. Hold on tight
0: it, it, it can turn on, on you when when you're supposed it, to be and there and you're not or you're and by the way that's why at
1: that's least why for me
0: that's why I point out that they're not supposed to be there
1: yet. right to try to temper those temper those expectations because yeah man uh that that is that is among my concerns that people are going to be like because, like we did we did our round table in like Four people said the sleeper in the east was the Hawks, and I was yeah, like, oh, whoa, 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 it was." It, it, it was.
0: It was telling that it wasn't you and I who watched the Hawks more than everybody else sure, does.
1: It's, but it's just like, I think, when when you when you don't get a chance to like when you see what happens at the end of last season, and you see Trey coming forward, and you see these things, and you don't necessarily recognize some of those moves on the periphery that that made certain areas worse, such as swapping Deadman out for. Just Alex Len, yeah, um, and even like swapping Turner in for Bays, probably not great, especially in the role you're now going to ask him. Yeah, Baze wasn't great last
0: year, but it is what Baez was. wasn't
1: great, but like Evan Turner's backup point guard is. But no, it, it,
0: as, like, like, we, like like we both said earlier, there was the, there is this assumption nationally mm-hmm. that that the Hawks improve, well, it's, it's, improved saw, on the periphery, and they didn't yeah, really do that. Well,
1: Approved uh, on perfect, and there's again. This gets back to the, the linear thing. Everybody assumes Trey and John are going to continue taking those steps. And I, I look. I don't know how much farther there is right at this moment for John Collins to go. He was so good last year. It's kind of like I look at it as kind of like what what happened to the Celtics guys last year, on a on a different scale as far as team success and ex- expectations. Everybody got so excited about. Jason Tatum finished as a, finish to his rookie year. Jalen Brown popped in the playoffs, and like all of a sudden, these guys are like supposed to be contributors to a championship team as starters. You know, like they're supposed to be really good starters in the league. And it's like, oh, Jason Tatum's going to take the leap. Guys that overperform to expectations rarely take a leap the next year. It's hard to do um and like i i don't I don't know if if traded that, but I feel like John Collins did that um, even people i mean there were a lot of people that came in last year like, oh I you know, after three year, a lot of people like John Collins but I don't think anybody saw that
0: from yeah a that, that's run. That, that's definitely fair i mean no and one saw so, no one saw you know nineteen and a half and nine right. and a half on great efficiency in right two. so
1: like the concern is you swap out Deadman for maybe a little worse fit next to him in Len. The efficiency can drop a touch. He's still going to be good, but because he's not as good, people are like, what's wrong with them? I just, I really, I really am concerned about where, where the excitement level is and where the first two months of the season can go. But then maybe it's nice, then maybe everybody ejects from the Hawks bandwagon and stops watching and by March, they've figured things out and are super fun to watch, and nobody else is watching them, and, and you get to you get to just enjoy that uh, as a fan. And I think that's that's where I look at it. And you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll be wrong, and maybe they'll just come out and light the world on fire. And
0: Trey takes a leap and life a lot. That would be awesome. It, it, I w-
1: I want it for you, Brad, because I know that would be great. Maybe maybe Cam Reddish shoots forty three percent from three to start the year, and we're just
0: he could do that. He could. I don't he think could. Cam's going to be a uh, career 43% three-point shooter. No, but, no, 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 no. Uh, Very it, few people are. In small sample, uh, it could happen. He could so, get hot. He yeah.
1: got hot in New York. He was hitting, he was hitting some
0: stuff. He's got a, a great-looking stroke when it's going in. It looks, it looks incredible, honestly. So Silky. Uh, Everything he does is – he kind of almost threw it. That's, that's honestly – that's one of the reasons why people, people overrate him as an athlete because he, he he's, he's, just, just, he's so he's smooth. Just kinda
1: he's just kind of – he's kind of – he's not like – he's not quick –
0: no, he have that, a, he's not, not a great athlete. First. He just
1: looks like great athlete. You know what? He, he, I will throw it out there. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Let's let's go. Let's go. The Hawks need to sign Joe Johnson, teach him the dark arts of being a slow, oh, silky athlete on the wings. Can you let's imagine? Go. Maybe, maybe
0: they already have. Maybe maybe by the time they that we maybe maybe, by that have done this the Joe, Johnson, Johnson, Joe Johnson, Joe Johnson is in and I don't know. Da- can we discuss Damian Joe Jones- Johnson getting 2 or $20,000 to go to training camp? With the business? I mean, it's,
1: it's 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 nothing new that's light work for Joe.
0: He does that. <laughs> he just gets he gets a bag and he gets out. Only you and I at minute number 58 can go back to Joe Johnson's uh, training camp guarantee, but uh, that's what we do on the
1: podcast. I mean, he's he's just that's Joe. But I'm I'm just I'm just saying like if you if you want to teach somebody how how the Cam's biggest issues, my man, my man struggles to finish Joe was a master just that little weird side dribble floater thing.
0: Yeah, Te- uh, my my one Cam concern that. would be um, that if Cam Reddish started, tried to operate in the way that late 2000s Joe Johnson did offensively, it would not go super well, I don't think. Oh, no, 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 no. It would go terribly that would take the
1: ball completely out of Trey Young's hands, which is the yeah, opposite that, of what you would want to well. do as the Atlanta Hawks. I'm just I'm saying. Just <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, before Understand, anybody else says that, I'm just saying there are that out just loud a few, there, are just a, there are just a few Things I think he could, he could pick up As far as like, if you want to expand my man's Off the dribble game, I think In a much smaller Much smaller usage rate There are things he could pick up from uh, yes. From some 2009 Joe Johnson tape
0: It would be incredible if they signed Joe, just to have him in the Locker room, and it, I would talk to Joe all the time It would be incredible we Retired would just, the number uh, retired
1: the number two already it makes me mad every time i visit state farm arena i don't see it hanging in the rafters he's still playing in the
0: game. <laughs> i don't I care now. he's the
1: second best player in atlanta history
0: oh that's not true but okay i'll, I'll, third, I'll allow it third i'll allow it third uh third, yeah third he's third up best. there third best uh, my 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 hottest take is that you think after, Al Horford's better. Yeah, than my Al. hottest take is that Al is the second is the second best. You think best Al is man the Hawk best behind? I can behind.
1: I can, but you should retire both of them and Josh. So, I want them all up there. My sons, yeah, who are all ten years older than me.
0: We'll do another podcast about this at some point. <laughs> I'm, I'm very confident. Um, all right, well I've kept you for a yeah, full hour as we are wont to do on the podcast. Man, I
1: just didn't want to watch the Jets anymore.
0: Oh man, yeah, <laughs> Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold had a night. At the office, And people sure listen, did. people people listen to this on Wednesday, are like, "What are we talking about right now?" Uh, I don't, I don't care. I'm leaning into it. In fact, I'm going to read you a line right now on the podcast, Robbie. Sam Darnold finished the night, 11 of 32 for 86 yards and four interceptions. 11 of 32 for 86 yards. That is not a Rutgers box score. That is a NFL quarterback who was a first round draft pick at home. Uh so yeah that was a sporting event that happened tonight but yeah, anyway uh Robbie thank you as always for joining hey, me man. please plug yourself uh I you and I work the together people, the sometimes people, the people know where i'm at uh, at our,
1: our dude. Read, read me on dime i got puntcast
0: that's, that's really the only thing to plug at this point in time is the podcast ah,
1: people love the people love the puntcast for whatever it's, reason it's god best. bless everybody that does. uh i do have i'll, I'll be running something on DeAndre Hunter for my my conversation with him soon so look for that uh otherwise yeah um
0: there's a hawks defense I, thing that you wrote as well that's already up on the hawks site.
1: defense is, is is up there it's basically what we talked about
0: yeah figure it out go read the quotes though and all that stuff so the quotes are in there it, yeah it's
1: nice that's for there. actual quotes not me paraphrasing a week later uh yeah man uh looking forward to the season i'm just glad i'm just glad we're gonna have basketball back uh things to talk about that are actual basketball and again Hopefully uh hopefully the Hawks surprise me and I'm just a I'm just a hater and I need to keep that same same energy, but uh I I fear I fear that's not the case.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh Thursday in Detroit, the Atlanta Hawks will play basketball and uh Woo! looking forward to it. Feel the
1: excitement. Pistons.
0: Uh they're a
1: basketball team. The I'll say this, it is better. <laughs> It is better to be in the place the Hawks are than where the Pistons are. Even though the Pistons are a better basketball team. Well, I mean,
0: the Hawks fans They've just been saw this. I mean Hawks fans have been there. It's just the not...
1: Pistons are I mean the twenty sixteen Hawks are a pretty good comp for the Pistons. Yeah, I was except say, with the, a much the closest, more fun player. The
0: closest comp, yeah, the Pistons are more fun, but that that, that, well, that uh, Hawks mm, team with that Hawks team with Paul fun. and with Paul and Dwight um, mm-hmm. was yeah, really they, brutal they really, to watch. You, but yeah. they were not terrible. They were not. No, they were a playoff
1: at... team. Just like I think Detroit will be a
0: eight seed. Yeah, seedish team if
1: Blake's healthy. I mean, we we've been over this.
0: My, uh, my scalding take that Detroit's better than Orlando. We'll see. We'll, we'll see that. We'll see if that starts on Thursday.
1: I'm give it to me. You know I'm in on that. I'm
0: here for it. <laughs> The number uh, one magic hater has logged on. If you want more NBA takes from us, uh, you and I recorded a, a series of over-under podcasts earlier in the summer. That Yeah, we did. Most of that stuff still holds up. So if you are bored in advance of the season. Of
1: Brad, all of our stuff always holds go,
0: up. Go listen to that or <laughs> click download or something. And uh, round tables on dime and all kinds of stuff. My power rankings are out too. Power, power rankings, heat. We're back from, for years. From Bradley whatever, T. He's four, ready to get three. yelled at. Yeah, people hate my power rankings. Hater.
1: Hate everybody hates everybody's power rankings. Power rankings suck. That's why I make you do them. Yeah, that's why I do them at like five a.m. on Tuesday morning. Right. Just heaters. I wake up. I wake up <laughs> to Brad's power rankings in my in my Slack inbox. And just... uh,
0: what a life. All right, kids. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Please subscribe to the show. Subscribe to the podcast. Mm-hmm. and we'll see everybody uh, soon. So stay tuned for all that.